Municipal Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. Tis the season for rock and roll, and you're in the right place for that. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my oh-so-festive friend, Chris Sinzak. How's it going? It's awesome, dude. It's finally here. It's my favorite time of year. It's my favorite holiday of them all. Kissmas in July. Kiss. I think I've heard of that band. Oh, man. They're awesome. They're my favorite band. Let me tell you, I've been listening to Kiss since I was a little bitty kid. And my aunts and my uncles, they were super awesome. So they had Kiss albums laying around. And they weren't looking. And I got into them. And I opened them up. And I saw the pictures of the band. And I played the music. And it it warped my little mind. And I, I'm so grateful. So grateful to my cool aunts and uncles that allowed me to introduce myself to Kiss. I hear you. Amen. I gotta, I th- I'm thankful to Dial MTV for playing videos from the Crazy Nights album because that's what got me into it. Yeah. And then to my brother who got me the Alive album after that. Straight. I love up. it. I love it all. You know, and obviously our listeners love Kiss as well. You know, this is one of the most popular times of year yeah. for the Decibel Geek podcast because I mean, hell, it's Kiss. Yeah. I mean, there how many Kiss podcasts are there? There's a lot of them. A lot of them. Like no other band. Yeah, I'd say they. They topped all of them compared to as far as the the sheer amount of shows that are out there. And see, that's amazing to me because I remember being a teenager when maybe it wasn't so cool to be a Kiss fan, you know, and people mm-hmm. would give you shit for liking Kiss. But yet here we are in 2018, and the Beatles don't even have as many podcasts dedicated to them as Kiss. Probably the not. Rolling Stones don't have as many. How about Zeppelin? How many Zeppelin podcasts are there? How many Sabbath podcasts well, are there? Well, if you there? listen to a Greta Van Fleet podcast, you're listening to a Zeppelin podcast, from what I've been told. But I still don't think that it, that adds up <laughs> even if, even if you include all the Greta Van Fleet podcasts if there are any I doubt there are I doubt there are too give it time though but there is no band as podcast loved as Kiss I would agree and so to me as a podcaster and a fan of podcasts I think I can go out on a limb here and it's not a thin one and say in 2018 Kiss is the most popular band in the world we learned that recently from our Decibel Geek Facebook page as well. Yeah, they're definitely the most well-liked band on, on as far as our listenership goes. Yeah. In, in the world that I live in, in 2018, Kiss is on top. I love it. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. But no, it's uh, it's it's an interesting time uh, where I think we're you know getting near the end of the band's actual active time. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we've been doing, this is, I think, our sixth year doing Christmas in July. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, you know, hats off to all these KISS podcasts, well, most of them that do it every week. And, right, uh, yeah. Most of them are awesome. And uh, I don't know how you do it every week in and week out. We enjoy doing it one month out of the year, and I think yeah. that gets us our, our KISS fix, and, and then we go back and let you guys handle it the rest of the year. So right. let but us you guys, uh, invade you your waters for, us. for a month. Yeah, you guys know us, though. You know, We're always talking about KISS one way or another. Sure, I'm sure we they, shoehorn they come out. The they come up in every single episode. I, I bet you if somebody were to go back and crunch the numbers on that, which I'm not saying anybody should, <laughs> but I bet you KISS is mentioned in 99.9% of our episodes possibly more yeah yeah probably so, everyone this is an interesting episode we have today this yeah. is um where you know bob kulik and and bruce have been you know very much more out in the kiss circles of the last year because of the kulik brothers thing that went over so well on the cruise and, sure, yeah and they have more performances going they got one later uh right before the cruise this year 
And uh, we had Bob on, and we we had a good chat with him. Uh, we touched on different things other than Kiss throughout the conversation, but uh, we thought we would kind of combine pieces of that chat along with some of our what we call favorite uh, Bob Kulick Kiss moments. Yeah, because if you look at like Kiss guitarists, you know you got the different eras, and they're different ways that you know these these players impacted Kiss. But if you look at Bob Kulick. He was never officially a member of KISS, right. but damn if he didn't have more impact than Mark St. John. Well, sure. That, to me, puts him right up there in history. You know, everybody talks about, you know, Ace Fraley and, you know, how, how you know, even Vinnie Vincent and, you know, Bruce Kulick. You know that guy. Oh. The, okay. the white face man. Oh, right, right. Um, okay. Have added their contributions to, in, in their own ways, saved KISS in different ways different ways you know and i think bob kulik doesn't get that credit because he's like the ghost player like people don't realize but when you listen to that paul stanley solo album when you Mm -hmm. hear them songs off killers when you listen to that stuff off alive too man that's some freaking awesome guitar playing and just fits perfectly with what kiss needed to do at that time i mean you can't really point out too many bob kulik kiss tracks Mm -hmm. that suck no, I've pretty much liked everything he's done. Exactly. With. You know, so I think it's time that we give Bob Kulick his due. And, sure. You know, and then, like you said, we're going to play our favorite ki- our favorite songs that, you know, Bob yeah. had his hand in. Yeah. And we're also going to let Bob, you know, we've got little moments of Bob wisdom. Yeah. That we're going to sprinkle in throughout. There's some cool stories in here. And yeah. also, uh, you know, it's he's an interesting figure in the band's history because you know he was there before they were even Kiss. He was right. one of the, he auditioned right before Ace, so you know he started the relationship with them then, and then obviously came back, did Ghost Tracks for them on Paul or on Alive Two, then worked on Paul's solo album. Yeah, partially involved with some of the writing on Unmasked, then he was also played on Killers, and then yeah. also toured with Paul on his solo right. tour in '89, and then of course, as everyone knows, his brother Bruce became the permanent fixture in the band for a long time. Pretty cool, and then you know. It all came full circle this past year with the Kulik Brothers thing, and you know they got to showcase some of that material a lot. Right? Yeah, we heard all about that from Brent just a few weeks yeah. back, and how awesome that was. And the videos are all out there to see, and it's freaking awesome to hear them songs live. One of the best set lists of anything Kiss related of all time. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because they're all songs that you really, I mean, come on, the stuff off Killers. Yeah. You know the the Bruce stuff that they just don't play no more. I mean, it is pretty amazing and if you haven't checked it out get online get on the youtube check out the kulik brothers and if you're planning on going to the kiss cruise that's coming up then you got to know that today bob makes that big announcement about the kulik brothers doing that show for a charity the night before the cruise takes off so we'll talk to him about that and we're just gonna bounce all over the place with bob but in between you're gonna hear some of our favorite bob tunes yeah so before we get into that i know we've rambled on for a minute but we're going to take care of some quick business before we do that itunes reviews we got one right here rock lives it comes to us from united forever from right here in the good old usa rocking in the usa i like that we're all american men (laughs) found this podcast a few weeks ago my favorite genre of music hosted by two really cool and knowledgeable guys torah torah wild america and warrant dog eat dog are two of my all-time favorite albums really cool in-depth analysis and discussion celebrating those two classic albums great job guys now looking forward to catching up on all the episodes i missed how cool is that i mean geez if you like torah torah and warren if you love those two albums Mm -hmm. welcome yeah welcome brother a lot of welcome 
Heck yeah. Got another oh nice, another one from I guess we skipped on the last couple of weeks, so we're catching up. Yeah, now. we got two. I like that. All right, iTunes. awesome. Here's another one from iTunes back to basics. Comes to us from uh Sean Geek in Canada. I like his last name. He might be related to us. Yeah, maybe. This is what a podcast is supposed to be. Great guests, great content, interviews that are better than interviews. Most interviews pander, have uninformed questions, and certain apathy to the person being interviewed. Great job making the interview relevant again. Thanks for having the people we want to hear from on your show. That's nice. awesome, man. Five Thanks. stars right there, both of them from iTunes. Thanks, Mr. Geek. Thank you guys for taking the time to do that. And uh, here's a, oh boy, I hope I got time for this one. It's a Facebook review. Comes to us from Dan Nation. Dan Nation, I like that. Five stars. Whew, ready for this? Here we go. Simply the best. As Tina Turner said. Heck yeah, man. Short, sweet, to the point. We love it. We thank you guys and appreciate it so much when you take the time to get out there and give us that review, those five stars we love so much. Somebody might look at us and go, you know what? Rock and roll is still alive. Rock and roll and hard rock and metal, it's all kicking ass. You know, there's something going on here. It's time to bring it back so everybody can enjoy it. That's right. That's our goal. We want to help everybody. We want to save the world through rock and roll, and you can help us do that. You don't need politics or diplomacy. You just need rock and roll. That's right. I'm telling you. You, right. and, I, you and I are going to be running for co-president someday oh, on the rock and roll party. This country's in The trouble. party party. All right. So the Geeks of the Week this week, these are the people that shared on Facebook or retweeted on Twitter. Last week's really good conversation with Damon Johnson. We thank Damon so much for coming on the show. Geeks of the Week this week are yeah. Todd Cunningham, Rockin' Ron Runyon, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Growing Up Rock Podcast, David Cathy, Andrew Jacobs, Freeform Rock Podcast, Ron Brothers, Baco, Neil Johnson, Joseph Capone, Ian Wildley from Rock and Metal Combat, Brad Calmanson, Mike Parnell, Aaron Baker, Tom Cullen, Dan Nation, Darren Parkin, Greg York, Adam Cox, Brent Cattell, Jimmy Johnson, Rodney Dixon, Joe Lascon, Mikael Burrell, Brent Tibbetts, Talk To Me Podcast, MDG Rock Photography, Ernesto Aguiar, Alan Tate, Martin Wenham, Christopher Stokes, J.J. Mack, Billy Hardcore, Blevins Nation, Digital Kill the Radio Star, Twisted Kister, Stephen Michael, and of course, the Mooger. Mooger Fooger. Shoot, yeah, man. Those are our people. We love them a lot. Got to give a special shout out there to uh, Alan Tate. Yeah. Ages of Rock. They had Lizzie Borden on there. They they did a really great awesome. job with him, man. I'm telling you that. I was going to get the new Lizzie Borden album anyway, yeah. but that made me more excited for it. And when I got it in the mail, I was super stoked because I'd listened to their show. There you go. So if you guys love Lizzie Borden, Give them a chance. Age is a rock. Good stuff. Awesome. Well, are we ready to get into this? I think so. Yeah, we'll come back in a little bit and we'll check in with you. But for right now, let's play some of our favorite Bob Kulik songs and hear a little bit of wisdom from the man himself. <laughs>
American man. That's awesome. Let me ask you, um, I saw a video recently of a, a Tonight Show appearance with you playing with Diana Ross on that song Mirror Mirror, and you were just ripping guitar leads through the whole song. Was Gene part of getting you together with Diana, or was that a different connection? Gene was the connection. Oh, yeah. Gene made the connection. He was going out with Cher at the time, and he called me and just said, so look, we need a solo on this song. Come to the studio now. Cool. So this was, this was one of the ways that Gene and Paul repaid some of the favors that I did for them, yeah. is that they recommended me for high-profile situations or included me in high-profile situations. He could have suggested Steve Lukather or anybody else. Mm-hmm. But I think Gene knew that because of my playing with Meatloaf and Lou Reed and all the people he knew I played with, Alice Cooper and all that. He knew that I was a versatile player. After all, I was able to work with them. So going down there, it was just Diana Ross and Gene, and it was fun. We just had a great time. I was not intimidated by her in any way, shape, or form. At the time, she, you know, she was wearing her skin-tight clothes to right. you know, keep Gene on her lap, you know, because <laughs> he was helping her. She was making a record deal with RCA, and... She didn't know all the particulars, and I think Jean really kind of helped her through that period of time. It was the first time she'd ever been in a studio when musicians were recording. From Motown, they only let her in to sing. They never let her hear Russ. They never let her to a mix. They, she never went to a tracking session. So this was like a great experience for her to have me there, a guy who was like, she was seeing me create this on the spot. She'd never seen anything like that done before. Wow. And so she was, I love you. I'm like, well, you love him, but I'm glad you like what I'm playing. <laughs> you know, it was one of those. Yeah. And so I wound up, uh, Gene called me the next day and he was just like, oh, Bob, you did a great job yesterday. You made me look great. And I'm like, well, thank you for the opportunity. He's like, come to the studio again today. I have another song for you to play on. And that's the song. That's the other song. If you look, you'll see Mirror Mirrors up there as well. Mm-hmm. We did that live and with, with the Tonight Show band and Randy Brecker, the horn player, and Yogi, Yogi Horton, the drummer. Both are incredible musicians that I worked with back in the day who are no longer with us, sadly. Mm. So they're in that video, and it's, it's testament to them that Diana Ross opted to fly out the guys who were special to her on that record, Randy Brecker, Yogi Horton, and myself. It was an honor to be able to be on that show. Johnny Carson's show was the show to be on. Yeah, right. It was, I think, one of the proudest moments for my mom, may she rest in peace, of all the moments I can remember how excited she was. All, all our friends are calling and they're saying you're on the Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome. It meant a lot to my parents, meant a lot to my parents, and it meant a lot to me. You know, we had a sound check and I could see I was slightly off camera, I actually moved into that spot so I could be there so you could see me through the whole thing. I'm no dummy. Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Carson was just massive at the time. Yeah, so you, totally. you got seen by millions of people that yeah. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's great. Well, uh, yeah, it was a Dear Diary moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, as was, you know, uh, just playing on the hit singles. Uh, we were driving in from the airport in a taxi, and, you know, Mirror Mirror came on, of course. You know, it was no accident. It was, you know, what was supposed to happen. Well, there we are. We're on the radio, and here we are going to NBC to do The Tonight Show. And as, as my usual custom was, I had done The Tonight Show once before, and I got yelled at by the musical director, uh, Doc Severinsen. And the same happened on this. They put my Marshall amp, I had like a, a Marshall combo, two speak, two 12-inch speakers, 
but you know, it, it could be loud and the high notes were piercing. They put the amp right near him. He was the trumpet player. If you remember, he was the MD. He was the cat. Yeah. Of course, we start the song, and I go to a couple of those high notes, and he's like, stop. Somebody stops, and now he's just like, what is that? What is that? That volume is unacceptable. I'm just like, Doc, excuse me. I'm the guitar player here. He's like, move this man out of the way. Ooh. You know, and Diana Ross is looking at me. I'm just like, what do you want from me? And I put my amp over here. What do you want? You know, I said, move me to the other side. And that's how I wound up there. I was on the end, like where the drummer was. If you look in the video, you can see. Uh, you don't see much of Doc, but he was the conductor, regardless of what it was. He was one of the, it was Ed McMahon, who was uh, the announcer. Johnny, who was the star. And Doc Severinsen, who was sort of, you know, the, the sidecar to the two of them and the musical director. So it was quite an experience all in all. Nice that you mentioned it. Thanks. You were standing and I was thinking of all the time that I spent hanging around. Situation could only get better. I got closer to see what I found.
Well, your um, yeah, your resume is really impressive. I mean, even outside the Kiss stuff. Um, but yeah, the, uh, <laughs> careful now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit about the meatloaf thing. Like, how do you end up getting hooked? Meatloaf. Yeah. Oh, you can't miss him. He was a fat guy. You couldn't miss him at all. <laughs> uh, he was one of the greatest. He was one of the greatest singers that I ever worked with. I bet. When we first started working with him, that the voice that sang "Bad Out of Hell," yeah. the voice that sang two out of three ain't bad." Uh, the voice that sang Paradise by the Dashboard Light. You listen to those again with Todd Rundgren's mastery on there and the incredible songwriting of Jim Steinman. Those songs are as good as some Beatles songs. Oh, I would sure. have to rate them right up there. Bad Out of Hell. The last thing I see is my heart still beating, breaking out of my body and flying away like a bat out of hell. It's a pretty unbelievable lyric, you would have to agree. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an incredible. Yeah, yeah. So I played that song so many times. I wish I had a dollar for every time I played that song. I played with him uh, 78 and 79, and I played with him 83 through 89. So I, I was a hamburger helper for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that term used like that. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. Um, well, the uh, were you on? So you were on right as Bad Out of Hell was breaking big. You were touring with him, right? Well, we were the reason that it was breaking big. <laughs> the record technically, the, the record. No, seriously, the record technically was a dud on arrival. Okay. And when when radio looked at the songs, they were like, "Well, what do you what do you expect us to do with a ten minute song? How does that fit in our rotation for an unknown artist?" Mm-hmm. Where do we stick this 10 minute song? So they tried to chop uh, Bad Out of Hell down, and it just was, it just didn't work. It was no. like taking all that other stuff out. It just didn't, it, the magic wasn't there. It was not the intention. It was, it was, uh, the premise was false. It could not work without it being in its entirety. Right. And so the band went out and we started playing colleges. And there were college stations that would play, all right, we got this great new song. And, you know, so they'd play all revved up or paradise or, or go for bad out of hell. And they were long songs, but they were getting a great response. And if we showed up, they started hooking us up with like, well, maybe there's a radio station we could do a 99 cent night with where the theater's packed with people that it's a radio promotion thing. And they only charge them a dollar to come in and it's a new band and they got to see us. And we were so good that they spread the word. And then the radio station started playing and then the label saw what was happening. So they played Cleveland two nights at the Agora. And now they sold 3,000 CDs there. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, because the band's playing. So they're seeing the band. And now they're selling records. So we need to book them a big tour, which is exactly what they did. Okay, you guys are going on a real tour now. Airplanes and the whole thing. Well, we need to go from blah to blah. So we're flying. Oh, so the, the, the low-class way we were doing it was replaced by holy shit, we got a real winner on our hands. By the time we finished that tour, that big tour, Mm -hmm. the record was climbing the charts. We were on Saturday Night Live. And the record was huge all over the world. Because the band Live set that up. The record was a flop. That's awesome. So Bruce Kulick and myself and Joe Stefko and Steve Buslow and Carla DeVita and Rory Dodd and Paul Glanz we were the magic. We were the glue that kept meatloaf in a place where it sounded amazing. And the proof of that is on the record, Bad Out of Hell, where you buy that record. Now they have two live songs at the front. That's that band. That's my brother and I on guitar. Bolero, the intro that we come out and play, and then Bad Out of Hell. That version of Bad Out of Hell, you couldn't find a better version than that. Right. Everything the record is, plus 
what we added to it, what this band added to it, breathed life into it, sped it up slightly. So it was unbelievably exciting. And by the time I got done with them, a song like that was, Meatloaf could stop singing, nobody would have to sing. The whole crowd would sing the song, knowing all the lyrics. That's how big that was. Wow, that's awesome. I never knew that. That's cool. <laughs> wow. It's incredible. Well, and, and and I was too young at the time to see it, so I can really only go by the VH1 movie. Made well, there's videos Meatloaf's. you can go. Yeah. you can go to the, you can go to the videos. You just stand it live and. Uh, yeah, but there's, the, there's live performance videos all over the place. What about the the stories about Meatloaf passing out regularly? What about? Oh, I just. Well, I wouldn't uh, say it was regularly. Okay, I, I, I didn't know how often was, that uh, took place. That it, that it happened. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just didn't know if that, how often that actually took place because it, it seems like in. Lo- no, we we didn't keep score. All right. You know, it, you know, for a large person to put on the kind of show, yeah. I mean, he would lose probably five pounds a show mm. wow. of water dehydration. You know, it'd be like if he if he went down on the stage, he'd lay down for like one of the the goofball ideas he had of showcasing the makeout scene with Carla or something, or, or, or for any other reason, you would see the outline of what he was wearing on the stage when he got up. It was soaked, mm. literally soaked to the yeah. bone. You know, I mean, he sweated all the time because he gave 100%. You know, a guy that big running around the stage and sure. singing his heart out and all that. You know, I always had to give him credit no matter what. You know, he always gave 100%. You know, performing was everything to him. You know, he needed that attention he needed that uh stardom to validate himself uh, even though the guy was a hugely successful actor who could handle uh, a myriad of roles everything from rocky horror picture show right. to fight club which was extremely i don't know how many other people in the world could have done a movie uh, like fight club and played his part mm, yeah. i don't know if you saw that movie oh, you yeah. say no i know yeah very memorable oh you did see that movie so yeah, yeah. there you go i mean am i wrong no no, no he was he totally was great right. in that movie
Yeah, except nobody buys records anymore, so it's kind of a moot point. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it would work. You know, there, there are certain things that will work, you know, Metallica. There are artists out there that are selling a lot of records. They are. Right. But um, the 90 other percent is bupkis. Right. There's nothing. So it's yeah. people just, you know, it's not, it's got to be a lifestyle decision. I'm going to buy the CD because I need a, like the, the Motorhead CD that I co-produced four songs on, the most recent one, the, the Undercover, yeah. which are a collection of cover songs, including Whiplash, the song that I won the Grammy for producing along with my partner, the brilliant Bruce Bourier, yeah. who I'm wor working with again now. And so that is one of the things I was saying about stuff that's happening it's happening because the partners who won the Grammy, the partners who produced God Save the Queen, they're working together again. So about to do some more magic. So that's what's happening here. Nice. Yeah, you've had your hand in some of the greatest tribute CDs that have ever come out. Which ones do you like? Man, I really like the Butchering the Beatles. Is one of have a particular times. favorite on there. Oh, man, there's a bunch of good stuff on there. Um, Lemmy, I think with Eric Singer... Doing back no no in the Lemmy Dave Grohl and Billy Gibbons is that back in the no USSR? no Lemmy Lemmy no sorry Lemmy with Eric Singer and John Five that's right right yeah back in the USSR it, it's John Five that's right they're doing back in the USSR with him doing his back in the USSR yeah oh, that's, that's right awesome I, I was talking about the metal the metal Christmas record was uh, Dave Grohl and Lemmy and Billy Gibbons and that yeah. was like one of the ultimate lineups there you know to have the three of them that was insane. But yeah, the Beatles one was really good. Uh, the Billy Idol track, I think, is really good on that. Yeah. And Alice Cooper and Steve Vai. Yeah, Hey Bulldog. But that was hey, that, hey Bulldog is really, 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 really good on that. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a, I mean, how could you go wrong with a Beatles song? We're just trying to use some different people, and you know, some of them not, shall we say, singer singers in the way that you know one would presume. You know, like Lemmy. You know, like John Bush, and like a few of the people on there. You know, Stephen Calpenter you know, seven string guitar interpretation of one of those songs and stuff like that. Took some chances, but, uh, I love that record. There's some, you know, Lucy the Sky with diamonds and magical mystery tour yeah. with Ingve, you know, there's with some, Yngwie, there's some man, real, I, you awesome. know, what's that? I said that one with Ingve, he just takes that song and just, I mean, every song on that disc, because it's the Beatles, you know, obviously they didn't have the, the means to the technology that it is available when this CD is made. But these guys take these songs and just, I mean, because they're amazing because they're Beatles songs, for one. And then, two, to take them and rock them out so much more than what they originally were. I just, that one always blew me away. The whole thing is really good. Thanks. Yeah, it was, it's just, you know, the, the, the approach you take as, uh, as, as an arranger. So I'm going to take the, the, the songs and be faithful to the changes in the lyrics and the melodies, but see if we can add something to put a different slant on it. It's always been, you know, fun for me to do, you know, even on my record, Goldfinger, the James Bond theme, yeah. Vic Wright singing it, a guy that has a, a, a rock slash metal voice with an attack mode guitar version of that is unique and, and it, to me a great twist because it's a great song. So it stands, stands up in and of and by itself. Plus if you have a great song and you do a good interpretation of it, there's always, I know this song. So there's always that somebody's not going to go, they may not like the arrangement, but they know the song. Which one of those tribute albums is your personal favorite? Uh, uh, I try not to play favorites, but in terms of uh, sheer firepower, um, I would have to say, the Alice Cooper one has the biggest names. Yeah. So, uh, Joe Elliott, 
and Zach Wild and Roger Daltrey and Slash and Dave Mustaine and Dee Snyder and it's Clarence Clemens, you know, and Bruce Dickinson and Adrian Smith. Yeah. I mean, there's some serious firepower on that record, and their versions are are incredible. Yeah, that's you know, the uh, human area. Slash and Roger awesome. Daltrey. Yeah. Slash and Roger Daltrey. When was the last time anybody heard that combination? <laughs> that's it, I think. Mm, never, never, never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there's, there's the, the, some of the Aerosmith stuff, my favorite as well. Yeah. There's a few songs on there that absolutely are top of the line, and you have to tip your cat. You know, some of the people that are on those records are no longer with us.
What do you want to do? What do you want to talk about? Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that, you know, I'm kind of surprised the Red Sox are really hanging in there because the Yankees have been playing so great. You know, if you look at their one loss record percentage, they're still ahead of Boston and everybody else in the majors. But, you know, they're just hovering around first place. But I'm not concerned because I kind of feel that the best is yet to come. Once they get into July and August and they get deep into some of these bullpens, uh, Stanton and Judge are going to hit balls out of the park uh-huh. that people are going to be lucky if they don't get killed in the stands. I'm not kidding. I've already seen several line drives that Stanton's hit out. That if you're not looking and that ball hits you, they don't even, they're not even taking you to the hospital. You're going to the morgue. All-Star Wrestling and Ronald McDonald House Charities presents Summer Heat 8, Saturday, July 14th. Golden Circle seats only $15, general admission 10 for an extra $5. Meet the legends, Jerry Jarrett, superstar Bill Dundee, original glow girl Hollywood, beautiful Bobby Eaton, and the Boogeyman. 570 West Church Street, Lewisburg, Tennessee. Meet and greet at 5.30, bell time is 7. See the stars of ASW for a night of action and excitement. Summer Heat 8. All right, before we get back into our favorite Bob Kulik rock and roll kiss songs that we're playing today, this is so much fun, man. Yeah. These songs are great. You know, this guy just don't get enough credit. Want to let you know that the little commercial you just heard playing a minute ago, Chris and I are going to be there this Saturday night. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, we're going to be in Lewisburg at Summer Heat 8. Our friend Hollywood, she's an original glow girl. Oh, she's yeah. going to be there hanging out with us. She's the, She was the rock and roll chick. She was Her and her tag team partner were from like the mean streets of the Sunset Strip. They were awesome, so very rock and roll. <laughs> Plus, you know, you've seen it, Superstar Bill Dundee and all those yep. other awesome people that are going to be there, the Boogeyman, all that. So if you guys are in the area, come check us out because we're going to be there during the opening part, you know, just kind of hanging out. And if you um, if you donate $5,000 to the Rocket Pod Expo, uh-huh. I will powerbomb Aaron Camaro through a chair. Oh, I'll totally let you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Get those donations in today. Speaking of the Rocket Pod. What happens Pod, if somebody really donates five grand? Oh, I'll totally do it. Okay. I just said I would, so I guess I would. I don't awesome. want to, but This'll I guess I will. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> Rich listeners, get on it. <laughs> That's going to suck if somebody does, but I'll do it. Um, speaking of that, Rocket Pod Expo, you know, that guitar that we talked mm-hmm. about a couple of weeks ago, the Kistory guitar, it's still out there. We haven't quite sold enough tickets to make it happen. Yeah. So right now, you need to know, if you already bought tickets, we're just waiting for the rest of the people. Yep. So if you want to speed up the process, get you some more tickets. Yep. You get more it. tickets, that kind of gets your chances up. You know, I understand not wanting to share it. You don't want to get yeah, out there true. and share it on the internet and be like, "Oh man, that knocks down my chances." Yeah, but it's only three hundred entries, and once they're filled, that's it. That's it, you know. Yeah. But that jumps up the fact that we're ready to pull out the old slash top sure. hat and draw those names out. We're ready to find the happy home mm-hmm. of the Kistery guitar. Yeah, because it sucks having it at my house, knowing that I'm not going to get to keep the damn thing. I know. All you do is sit around all day filming it, the whole, putting it in different lighting, yeah. taking pictures of it, making videos. Yeah, that video is awesome. Though. Thank you. Yeah. Very cool. It was fun to put that together, and yeah. So, you know, it's a long list of names, but you know, just to give you an idea: Ace Frehley, Eric Singer, Bruce Kulick, Mark Slaughter, uh, Michael James Jackson, who produced uh, "Lick It Up" and "Creatures." Yeah. Our uh, guest today, Bob Kulick. Bob Kulick's it. on there, and yeah. uh, you know, just tons of people: Big John Hart, Craig Gass, 
uh, Robert Fleischman, Bobby Rock. It truly is a Kiss Anton guitar. Fig. It's like the the family tree yeah, in all a guitar. These signatures. Are, I mean, this thing is literally covered in signatures, and it's a really nice Gibson uh, Epiphone guitar yeah. with a sunburst, the kind of Ace Frehley-ish finish on it. And uh, yeah, so even if you were crazy enough or desperate enough to say, "Oh God, I'm, I got an audition for a band, and I got to you could wipe the autographs off, oh God, and, it would, and it would still be worthwhile. Although but with, you, but with yeah. the autographs on it, I mean, that's even cooler. Yeah, just, show up to your audition with that thing all signed up, and be like, "These are all yeah. the, this. This is my resume right here. And, all these people signed this." And make sure you wear one orange sneaker and one red sneaker. I hear it works. But uh, yeah, the, I would hire that but guy. Yeah, if you want to just even just do one entry, it's ten dollars. That's it. Yeah. So ten dollars per entry. And uh, so, and also, if you're in within the United States and you win, I'll ship the thing for free. You don't even have to pay anything. Nice. So it'll it'll be shipped. You don't have to be at the expo or anything. Just just enter, and if you win, I'll ship it to you. Uh, if if you're outside the U.S., we'll work on the shipping cost. But you know, it's a damn good deal. Ten bucks. You right. Know? So uh, yeah, go to uh, rockinpod r o c k n p o d dot eventbrite dot com. There'll be a link in the show notes. And just go in there and do as many entries as you want. Let's help us get this thing to 300 so we can get this damn thing uh, shipped out to a, a winner yeah. they can display it on their wall. Before Chris decides he's just going to keep it. That's tempting. I know it is. That it's, thing's awesome. It's going to cost me a lot to keep it, though. So yeah. <laughs> not going to do I that. have to refund everybody that bought yeah. tickets and then rebuy all those nah. tickets for myself. Yeah, I can't <laughs> My wife will be none too pleased. I think you threw the contest, yeah. Chris. I can sleep on the couch with guitar. the, with with the guitar. guitar. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It doesn't snuggle as well as my wife. No, I suppose not. Yeah. That's but, one uh, downfall. But yeah, Rock and Pod Expo, um, real fast update. Uh, you know, Friday, August 24th is the pre party. Party with yeah. Punky and Frank from Angel. That's going to be awesome. Tora Tora, Ron Keel, and the Greg Mangus All Stars opening. And um, the, I announced this deal this week. If you come and you and you buy a ticket for that concert, you will get free admission to the expo the next day. That's sweet. There you go. We just sweeten the deal for yeah. you. So now I'm, come on to Nashville. I'm, come party with us. You have no excuse if you're within driving distance. You're going to be hanging out with a bunch of podcasters that are partying. I mean. Baco and Loose Cannon are going to be there. You know, Ken Mills is going to be there. Wally and Rich are going to be there. Toomey's going to be Dr. there. All these people. Doctor fucking Wadzilla. If that ain't worth the price alone, yeah. you know, just to hang out and party with those guys because you know those guys are going to be partying mm-hmm. and, and we're going to have a good time just like we had last year. Right. And you know what? And lots of celebrities too. And all kinds and of good vinyl stuff. vendors and merchandise and right, the, and yeah, then, it goes on. And, and we on. have an after party show that's going to be great at the basement uh-huh. with Black Heron and Jacob Cade and Denman's going to play. And nice. then the night after that, we have a comedy show. So that's I'm really looking forward to that too. It's gonna it's a it's three full days of rock and debauchery. So uh, this is basically the weekend that we say no Nashville. You're not country music USA. You're rock music USA. And we've got all these people from all around the country right here inside of you, deep inside of you, Nashville. And you like it. You like it a lot. Okay. I don't know if all that's included in admission. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to pay a little bit more for that. <laughs> I'm flexible, though. All right. Um, Good. That works. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Rock and Pod Expo. Uh, just go to rockandpod.com. Check out all the all the information on that. But, yeah, please come. We're going to keep talking about this awesome. for the next few weeks until yeah. we get there. But, yeah, we're excited to see everybody. Of course, we're still taking donations. Yes. You know, don't give up on us. We yeah. still are trying to make it happen. Absolutely. I mean, it's happening one well, way or yeah, another, well, but yeah, guitar, you can help us. The guitar us. raffle alone is, is a donation. So, right, yeah, totally. You're, you're helping making that happen by just entering for the guitar. Right, yeah. So even just, if you don't win, you've, you've donated to a good cause. Just look it up. Nashville Rock and Pot Expo. You know, yeah. look at all the awesome people that are going to be there. Look at how much fun you're going to have. Look, maybe you, look, maybe you get seasick. 
You know, maybe maybe you just don't like to take your feet off of dry land. Maybe you're not, the cruise isn't for you. Maybe you want something that's yeah. in the city, in the city of music. Right. That's where we are. You come hang out with us, feet on the ground, heart in the clouds, rock and roll. Cool. So, we ready to get back to Bob? Well, I don't know. Let's check in with Bob. 320-foot line drive. Usually don't hit balls like that. These guys have a specialty. They're monsters. They're 6'6", 275 pounds. They're monsters playing baseball. The monsters usually play basketball or, or WWE wrestlers. Yeah. They're not usually baseball players. The Yankees have both the monsters. So as a New Yorker here, I'm so excited because I believe they're going to the World Series. Man, Bob sure loves baseball. I guess we'll uh, get back with him in just a minute. What else do we got going on? I think that pretty well. Check out it. Facebook. Oh, wait. No, we got uh, Amazon. Oh, right. You took the time to put the Amazon together this week, brother. We got to rate it. Yeah, and you guys bought some really cool stuff on the Amazon link this past week. As you know, if you go to the decibelgeek.com website, click on the Amazon banner, goes through, do your shopping, and whatever you buy, we get a little percentage of. Heck yeah, it all counts. We get a cool list of what you bought. Some of the more interesting things bought in the past week include a bunch of Funko Pop figures, including James Bond, Odd Job, Aquaman, Cyborg, Batman, The Flash, and Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, that goes back to our uh, Supergroups episode, right? Yeah, that's a Supergroup. Yeah, right. for sure. Uh, for books, How He-Man Mastered the Universe. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I loved that when I was a little kid. Uh, Keith Richards' Life, I've read that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, 42 Faith, the rest of the Jackie Robinson story, and <laughs> And uh, D. Snyder's book, Shut Up and Give Me the Mic, was bought. That's got to be good. Somebody bought a Montana State flag. That's metal. Very cool. Uh, Cheap Trick Live in Japan t-shirt. That's right cool. on. Uh, somebody bought a Fire TV stick. Thank you very much. They're complicated. Are they? <laughs> a little bit. I have a Roku. I don't have a Fire TV. Uh, and music. Uh, some songs that were bought include Saxon's Thunderbolt, J. Giles' band Freeze Frame. Nice. Hardcore Superstars Electric Rider. Right on. Someone bought the Essential Yes box set. <laughs> Here we go again. Can we keep was, up the streak? It was only a matter of time. Maybe we're starting a new streak. Who's going to buy a Yes box set next week? Uh, the Darkness Live at Hammersmith. Right on. And then wrapping it up, Denman's new song, Higher, was That's bought. awesome. I love to see you guys supporting Denman because, man, we sure do. We yes. know that Denman has got what it takes. They carry the same flag of rock and roll that we carry around here that you guys carry and, with uh, you. And, you know, I, I would personally love this to see this band go on to great heights you know because they've got it you know they're they're the kind of band that you can get behind nowadays and feel good because they're the music that you've loved all along right and uh that commercial you heard for the Rock and Pod Expo? That's Den- That's the song, Higher, by Denman, playing nice. on the commercial. Right on. One more fast Rock and Pod thing. I want to announce a new sponsor we just brought on board, Rock Rage Radio. It's a 24-7 internet radio station, and they do it all. They, I mean, they have a huge following, and they have joined on as a partner for the Expo. They will be sponsoring the After Party. Right on. And... Uh, the amount of shows that they have on their station that are going to be doing all kinds of rock and pod coverage over the next month is staggering. So they are pushing this hard, and they've so already started. So they're like an internet radio station full of podcasts. Kind of. I mean, they, nice. a lot of music being played, yeah. but uh, but yeah, a lot of they push. They do a lot of represent a lot of festivals and stuff, and That's like cool. they do download fest, Hellfest, all these big festivals. Right on. And they are jumping on board as a sponsor. They're going to, and a whole bunch of them are coming to Nashville to broadcast for the whole weekend. They'll be at the pre-party, they'll be at the expo, they'll be at the after-party, and they are going to be pushing Rock and Pod the whole weekend. What a trip! It's man. great. We're that really excited cool to have them on board. Right on. Yeah. I love it, man. I'm so excited. I can't wait for Rock and Pod. Me too. It's just right around the corner. 
but you ju- know, just after Christmas in July. So that's perfect. That's how we line this up because you know Christmas in July ends, and then we're bummed out and we feel that emptiness inside <laughs> of us. But then we know just a couple of weeks away is Rock and Pod, so right. we're going to be all right. So let's get back to Christmas in July and our Bob Kulick special. And I've already placed my bet uh, here in Vegas that the Yankees are going to win the World Series even before the season started. Oh, nice. So there you go. What else do you want to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) Do you place that bet every season? Uh, I'm I'm a big Yankee fan. Yeah. Yeah. It came close last year, very close last year. But uh, I think this year they have the the young guys. And I think they need one more pitcher. I think they're going to pick up somebody like what Houston did last year where they grabbed Verlander. From Detroit, and that made all the difference because Verlander was the guy that was able to stop the Yankees. So far, nobody else has been able to stop them, including Keuchel, the guy from Houston who had their number up until this year. And then this year, the Yankees totally kicked his ass. So I think the word is out, and everybody realizes like to get through this lineup, you can only bring a pitching, or else these guys they can hit the ball out of the park. They've been hitting like three, four, five home runs a game. Not every game, but a lot of games you see like. Oh boy, you know, Gregorius has hit home runs and uh, Sanchez, the catcher, uh, he's a monster too. He, he actually hit like, uh, when they brought him up two years ago, I think he hit like 36, no, 26 home runs in like 50 games or something like that. It was, it was like, what? Like every other game, the guy hit a home run. That's unheard of. Dang, Bobby, so, you should, you should I'm be really doing excited. A, you should be doing a you know, actually, podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, they should let me do I should be hosting the games. You know, the guy yeah. that they got, I mean, he's funny. It's really funny. But, you know, it's just, uh, I could probably do a better job. I'd be more enthusiastic, that's for sure. Yeah. I haven't even been able to be at the New Yankee Stadium. I'm hoping that there will be an opportunity um, to go because, you know, I was at the old stadium back in the day and saw the old magical teams play. Meatloaf was attached to the Yankees in that Phil Rizzuto was oh, the Yankee yeah. announcer at the time. Mm-hmm. He's the voice on Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Oh, he's heading for second. Oh, and he's in there, second base. Stay fast, second. Oh, looking to third base. You know, the 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 uh, the joke about uh, the guy making out with the girl. Right. And he's heading for third base, and he's in there. So you that's know? the actual and Yankees the, guy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep, Phil Rizzuto. Yeah, so we actually went to a game, and Meatloaf and Jim Steinman, they let them in the dugout and had their pictures taken with Reggie Jackson and all the guys where we sat in the stands. I was like, you mean I don't get to go in the dugout? I was totally, like, bummed. I was just like, Jesus Christ, they didn't get to meet those guys? But subsequently to that, I've met a few of these guys, and it's always a thrill for me. It's like what I see from some of the fans sometimes that right. no, no, stop shaking and just come take a nice picture here. Here you go. You know, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. You're the second guest we've had that uh, is a massive Yankees fan. Yeah. We also had uh, Sandy Gennaro on That's the show right. who loves them. My old friend Sandy Gennaro. Gee. Yeah. He, How's Sandy doing? Oh, he's great. He, he lives out here in Nashville and uh, yeah, he's a, he's a super nice guy, but yeah, he, once you got him talking about baseball, he, he wanted to yeah. just keep going. Wow, I didn't know that. I have to mention that to my brother. Yeah, we were in a band for 30 seconds together. Oh, yeah? Which band was that? Mm-hmm. Blackjack? Blackjack. Oh, uh-huh. you, were you in uh-huh. Blackjack? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, then I left. Oh, okay. So I was in the, the band when it started, and then uh, I was not wild about the particulars on the business level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wanted Roy Thomas Baker to produce us, and they wanted Tom Dowd, who I thought was totally wrong for what we needed to be. And so I left. 
Yeah, Roy Thomas. Even Beck though it was my brother, he would have beefed the sound up for sure. Yeah, it would have been more metal record. It would have been more successful. This turned into Derek and the Dominoes without an audience. Gotcha. You know, with a with a singer who they could have projected more as Robert Plant rather than what they projected him as. Right. That's true. Yeah. You know, but but the time. truth is, the truth is, the truth is that it still wouldn't have worked because it's, I don't believe his fate was ever to be a rock star. I think his fate was to be a pop star. Yeah. So much as he as much as he might resent it. That was the only place he was successful. Mm. How am I supposed to live without you? And sitting on the dock of the bay was what he's supposed to sing. Right. And he's not supposed to sing Rocky Mountain Way or Blackjack songs. He's not. doesn't work. The audience doesn't buy it. For whatever reason, they just didn't buy it. Yet, as Michael Bolton, whoo, yeah. bang, zoom, as, as they, the honeymooners would say, off to the moon he went. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was... But he wanted Super to be a star. rock and roller, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen to the, listen to the uh, Michael Bolton solo records before that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And listen to Blackjack. That was rock. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some of that they stuff. They did two records. They were rock. His, his early solo stuff's almost got like almost kind of a white snake kind of a feel to some of it. Well, I played on that. Bruce played on that. It was me and Bruce and Mark Clark. And the whole crew that was happening back then with Libra Krebs when I was working with Balance. And I was signed to Lieber Krebs, the uh, managers that managed Harris Smith, and Ted Nugent, yeah. and ACDC. Anybody big? Uh, just them. <laughs> and a bunch of other bands. Right. So, and out of that office was uh, Cliff Bernstein, who went on to manage uh, Metallica and Def Leppard. Right. And Louis Levin, who went on to manage Michael Bolton by himself. Uh, both these managers, without Lieber Krebs, made gazillions of dollars, literally. Yeah. Cliff Bernstein's still in business. Q Prime. Uh, you know, really smart guy. Yeah. Really smart guy. Yeah. So they were all at that, uh, at that management office at that time. And, and then Michael Bolton came aboard and then Lewis wound up taking them over. And that was, that was how that worked. And then boom, you know, sitting on the dock of the bay and how am I supposed to live without you? And a uh, huge star.
Um, do you yeah. do you get more of a charge these days out of production or or still out of playing or is it just both? Both. Yeah. Uh, they're totally different things. It may be like softball and baseball, but it's still totally different things. Right. It's the relative to it. It's music is music. So what, what's the difference if you're standing there playing it or playing it in the studio or producing it in the studio? No, but there are there are different things. Live performance is there and gone, except for nowadays where everybody's got it on their iPhone. <laughs> right. <laughs> which which is which is uh, actually uh, interesting. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's a it's a new uh, dynamic attached to the performance. It used to be. You know, 20 years ago, you get up there and play. And, yeah, we cared enough that we listened to the board tapes. So we always heard what we, were, we sounded like. What happened there? I lost my place. Oh, that's fine. We don't make that mistake again. And what happened there? You're singing the wrong lyric. Uh, I forgot where I was. <laughs> you started the solo too soon. Yeah, I know. I was a bar early. You know, you can hear it. But now everyone's got it. Everyone can give you those notes. You know, you flubbed that third note there in the solo, or blah, blah, blah. You know, so everybody's got it. Whereas, whereas the recording process in the studio... No one gets to hear it until I'm satisfied with it. I'm the editor. I'm the judge and jury. I'm the person who decides this is ready for public consumption. Y'all, here you go. That's totally different than getting up on stage and looking somebody in the eyes while you're dishing it out. It's totally different. But yet, as I'm saying, it's like baseball and softball. Right. It's the same sport, only done differently. You do see the difference between baseball and softball. You can steal bases in baseball. You can't steal bases in softball. Playing with a totally different ball. Totally different dynamic. You know, the rules are slightly different, but it's still, when I play softball, I'm viewing it that I'm playing baseball, but it's not. It's softball. Right. It is different. The speed at which the ball's coming is that nobody's throwing me a screwball. Nobody's throwing me a slider. They're not. Even though the pitches may look like that to me. <laughs> nobody's doing, they're not throwing a fastball at 96 miles an hour. They're not. Whereas that's what being on stage is, the adrenaline of the moment of playing to allow your mind to just do what you feel at the moment. That ability is the same as baseball or softball. It is something of the moment. Playing live is the same as playing in a ball game. The adrenaline is there and it's hand, eye, coordination and your brain. They're the same thing. That's why I'm so good at both have really great hand-eye coordination. And I'm really smart when it comes to those two things. That's what I was meant to do. I went out and uh, took some batting practice at the cages out here in Vegas yesterday and sat there and watched other people play a softball game. And I was totally enthralled by it because I love the sport. Yeah. It was just, I had no idea who the guys were, but it did, it did not matter. I was just like a pig and shit, just sitting there like, well, this is great and really nice night. You know, I'm just having a bottle of water here. I'm going to go get some dinner in a minute. But this is a good game. We've got three people hit the ball over the fence. I'm like, yikes, that is a shot. One guy, he asked the umpire, let me, let me make sure on the rules. So if I hit a home run, then the other team's allowed how many more home runs? Two. It's like, okay, and he got up there and he hit a home run on a 3-2 pitch. I was like, I can't believe it. I was just, I hit it over the right field fence. I was just like, it was just a monster shot. I mean, some of these guys are like, they got those souped up bats. So it's in the stadiums here, they have the ballparks, rather, they have mini stadiums. So uh, Big League Dreams here in Las Vegas has mini Yankee Stadium. That's where I sat yesterday at mini Yankee Stadium. And I actually played last year when I played at mini Yankee Stadium, the mini Dodger Stadium. And it was a, it was a total thrill. I was like on cloud nine.
Yeah, we, yeah. Were t- we were talking to Brent a while back, and he was telling us about the anticipation for the first Kulik Brothers show. And, you know, you guys kind of not knowing for sure how it was going to go. How long did it take for you to get up there playing? No, this is something special. Well, that that was the uh, idea of, 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 of us getting up there and uh, doing what we're capable of doing. Uh, one can never be assured of that uh, if everybody uh, dished it out the way I knew we were capable, that the response was going to be favorable. I didn't, I didn't, I did learn that uh, if you're really great, which it was, it was, it was was in tune. Todd Kearns is a total star. I mean, he, he totally knew how to sing all those songs and, you know, basically, you know, became a star that night, you know, Brent Fitz, I mean, you know, a more solid drummer you couldn't find back on vocals. And, you know, what a great vibe to be around the two of them. You know, it's two Jews and two Canadians. So what could be better? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> seriously the vibe was so great on that stage just playing those songs and you know this is my catalog this is like i played the solos in those songs these are my songs same as my brother you know i wrote this solo like me i wrote this solo. okay maybe gene and paul guided a little bit but yeah, this is my shit you know so yeah it was it was great and as i learned if you are great if you do something special people will notice i didn't think anybody noticed anything anymore just turned into a pile of crap but i was wrong that if you do something great, because even on Blabbermouth, there wasn't one person who said a bad thing. And I, I was able to analyze why. Because the video was up there. So somebody's saying, this is a pile of shit, and they're all over the place. Where? Which, where are they out of tune? Where? Where is he flat? Where is it? Where? <laughs> Nobody can floor it. I mean, I couldn't, I mean, there, oh, there are bad notes, there are a few mistakes. Yeah, but they go by so fast. There were no train wrecks. There was nothing inherently like, oops. You'd probably be hard pressed to find them, and if I pointed out to them, you go, "I didn't even know that was a mistake," or "I didn't even hear that." We know the difference, and you know, we both, we all gave it an A plus. Especially my brother, he was like, "Brother Bob, you played the shit out of those songs tonight." Oh my yeah. god! And I was like, "Brother Bruce, you played the shit out of those songs tonight," and that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, you know, with those two guys, magic. And that's all it is, really, when you come right down to it. It's the proper combination of people, like I mentioned, with Meatloaf or with Kiss or with any band that really has that aura about them. It's just magic. And the audience senses that, not in a conscious way, but in a subconscious, unconscious way, where they get that warm, fuzzy feeling and they're in love. And then right. it becomes infatuation. Then it's the Pied Piper, like the Beatles, where everybody yeah. lined up behind them. Take us, take us to where we're going now, which they did. You guys gave the people, a lot of people, the warm fuzzies that night. Yeah, absolutely. I got to hear the songs that they wanted. It's just that this catalog of songs from the 80s is not that easy to sing. Right. And uh, even, when I, even when I went out on Paul's 89 tour, we rehearsed uh, um, Nowhere to Run. We never did it. It was too, too hard a song to sing. And then sing every night, try to sing that song. Yet Todd Kearns, he nailed it. Yeah, he did. Half Step Down. That's his range. We were able to play a song that I was just like, well, we learned that we never got to play it on Paul's tour. It was one of the things when people ask me, there are any regrets? Yeah, we didn't play Nowhere to Run. Yeah, I love that song. So now too. being able to play it like we did in indie, that's that's a big one. People love that. Yeah. And and Paul's voice on the original is in that solo. This really fits. That was one of those like, that's magic.
your solo on Larger Than Life as one of my top five yes. solos in the entire oh, Kiss God, catalog. It's, awesome. it's amazing. Well, you know, I think that solo should tell everybody something about me. And, and, and that speaks to several items, one of which is my, my playing ability. That for me, it was a chance for them to see what they would sound like with me. And me, a chance to see what I would sound like with them. So we both had that opportunity. It was very successful. Yeah. But the more important thing that that song should show everybody is what I am like as a person. I didn't sign a non-disclosure agreement. I didn't run to a magazine to say I play guitar in a Kiss record. I lived up to my word. No, this is a secret between us. Secret between friends. That's what that was. Yeah. No piece of paper. Would have helped my career. I would think if I opened my mouth and said, guess who's playing larger than life and I can prove it. But I did not do that. I am not somebody to portray my friends. I don't do that. That's what larger than life really is. Larger than life. Thank you. That's me. That's right. Thank you very much. Yeah, I got to imagine at the time it would have been felt great to be able to tell people that. So I didn't do that. That was not, that's not what a friend does to a friend. Yeah. No matter what the circumstance was, right. believe me, would have changed would have would have changed my life. Oh, totally for the worst. We're, we're getting the guitar player actually played the solos in those songs. I didn't do that to them. I didn't do that to them. And and, and unfortunately, after a certain amount of time, it was ten years or more. Mm-hmm. They, they they did finally own up that it was me. But yet right. there were still people out there. No, I think that's Rick Derringer or somebody. So it's like fuck you. <laughs> you know, it's so obviously me. You know, how come I'm playing them on stage exactly the way they were playing on the record? You know, it's just it's just a, a bad joke in a way. But I always look forward to playing those songs for those people who are naysayers. Well, here you go. Here he is. There you have it. Now, now you know. It, it serves as that function as well, aside from having some fun and some great songs I was lucky enough to play on. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that that's really the other meaning of what it is. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, because, I mean, you could have went and done that, but then, like you said, you know, all the times throughout the years those guys have come back and presented you with more opportunities, that would have been all been gone. Well, yeah, and it, again, you know, it, uh, I, I'm, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, uh, I, I felt like I was dealt with unfairly. This was the agreement that we made, and as I said, one of the big, one of the big aspects of the agreement was the fact that, uh, you know, now everybody knows what they sound like with Bob, and here I am playing those songs, and people seem to be digging it, so... Sometimes you have to wait for the payback sure. or for the synchronicity, synchronicity to show up before it all makes sense. Like, this makes sense, you know, not my fate to be in Kiss. But here's my brother and I playing these songs that we both played with Kiss. I mean, that's kind of a synchronized kind of thing. So it wasn't time before, and nobody even thought of this before. Now here it is, so no time like now. <laughs>
not lies I'm too much to hold I can't be bought or sold events coming up um i'm proud to announce that that looks like we're going to be playing in fort lauderdale uh the night before we embark on our kiss cruise so on october 30th uh look for an ad coming out soon kulik brothers will be playing a uh american diabetes association charity right on so Very i'm really cool. proud of us you know and that everybody agreed to play a charity you know so brent fitz and todd kearns and myself and brother bruce will be appearing doing some of the songs we have not played before. So there's a little tidbit for everybody that, you know, even before the cruise, you'd be the first people to hear us play. You know which songs. You don't know what to come. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So anyway, that's a big announcement. Uh, and then, of course, there's the cruise coming up, which is very exciting. Uh, we'll get to play with our buddy Ace Fraley again, like we did at the Indie Convention. You know, where Eric Singer and uh, Ace joined my brother and myself and Todd Kearns on stage, and we had other guests, and then the next night we did our show. It was, uh, it, was a, it was a great experience, you know, to see all those great Kiss fans getting to hear the songs that we were dishing out, and then we did some cover songs with Ace, like Foxy Lady, and with Eric playing drums and that. It was, no one will ever see that again. It's, it was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. 
and and the videos are popping up all over. So you know, get to watch this and that. The crews put up a video of Kiss Crew Seven. You guys should take a look at it. Yeah, even if you even if you don't like the rest, there's some great bikinis in there. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us any hints of what songs are going to be played at the Fort Lauderdale show? Until we rehearse them, I can't give you a hint because uh, what if it's like, you know what, we're not going to do that song. It just doesn't sound right somehow. But yeah, I think you could use your imagination. We're going to do songs that are part of Bruce's catalog with Kiss, and we're going to do songs that are still left that are part of my catalog with Kiss. So it seems fairly obvious. Any chance of the Kulik brothers hitting the road with this, maybe touring around the U.S., hitting some of the bigger cities? We'll see what fate has in store, won't we? I'd love to see it. If you guys come to Nashville, we will definitely. All right. Well, you know what? You you see my brother on Facebook. Write down, what's wrong with you? We want you to see you on tour. Let's go. Yeah. Bob's ready. Get it together, man. Do me a favor. Write him. Write him. All right. (laughs) I'm ready anytime. I'm ready, willing, and able. All right, guys. We'll talk again. I hope this was good. All right. Thank you, Bob. All right. You got it. Take care now. We fell in love, but what did we know? Years seemed to pass, as time took its toll. You're here at last, so why must you go?
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 